You're listening to the Winged Octopus Podcast, brought to you by Howie's Hockey Tape. What's up and welcome to another episode of the Winged Octopus. This is Tyler here alongside Ryan and Greg. How are you guys doing tonight? I am stupendous. I have alcohol, so I'm doing pretty great. Also true. I got this high west barrel aged (laughs) victory at sea. Ooh, I've got one of those in my fridge I haven't had yet. Is that pretty good? It is freaking delicious. Mm, How are you doing, Tyler? I'm doing all right. I mean, it was like the hottest day of the year so far. Uh, It was okay. I mean, it was pretty sweaty and stuff, but whatever. I mean, that's better than your 15 feet of snow. Yeah, I agree. Um, So the last time we talked, I believe we started to talk about the Stanley Cup playoffs and we talked about the, the draft lottery and stuff like that. Well, since then, the draft lottery has been determined, excuse me, and, you know, a a lot of people will be happy about it. Some people are not happy about it. The Red Wings will select sixth in this coming NHL entry draft in a month or so here. A few quick headlines that I'm going to throw out here. The Griffins were were defeated by the the Manitoba Manitoba Moose. Moose. Yeah, in game five, and it was a 5-1 route there, and so their season is over. Meanwhile, the Toledo Walleye won their first-round series uh, in a four-game sweep of the Indy Fuel and now have a 2-1 lead on the Fort Wayne Comets, and they will play game four on Friday in Fort Wayne. So anybody that's interested in the ECHL Toledo Walleye. Greg, I'm going to kick it over to you, and I'm going to grab a glass of water here. Yeah, it's probably a good idea. Stop choking to death. (laughs) So uh, I'm going to say a little bit about our sponsor, which is Howie's Hockey Tape. If you guys need any uh, supplies, if you play and you need supplies, you need tape, you need wax, you need laces, you need whatever, uh, check out Howie'sHockeyTape.com or Howie'sHockeyTape.ca if you're in Canada. They're a Michigan-made product. They distribute to most of the major organizations. They've got quality stuff. You always want to shop local. Uh, so stop by in the big brands, go to Howie's. If you use the promo code WINGEDO, you will receive 10% off your total order. So go to Howie'sHockeyTape.com today. And I believe you can also follow them on Twitter at HockeyTape. Or is it is that what it is? Is that HockeyTape, Tyler? At HockeyTape on Twitter. Yes, that is yes, correct. Yes, follow. so you can follow Howie's at HockeyTape on the Twitter.com, uh, where just everything for the next month is going to be very angry. Uh, So what we're going to talk about mainly today is who the Red Wings can possibly pick at number six. So if you saw the draft, you know, Buffalo's going to get Rasmus Dahlin unless they do something very stupid and trade down. Uh, Carolina uh, got the second pick and third pick was at Arizona. Yeah, no, it was uh, Carolina was second and Montreal was Montreal. The Canadians fifth. Okay. Ottawa was four, Arizona fifth, and then us. All right. So you've got Buffalo getting Dallin. You've got uh, you've got Carolina in there if they keep their pick, getting uh, Svechnikov most likely, and then you've got Montreal in there probably getting Philip Zadina. So what we're looking at uh, with the Red Wings at six is is a few different people, and we're just going to kind of go through them. I'm going to read their elite prospect entries. Uh, we can talk a little bit about them. There's one wild card in there that I saw something today that I, I had to read it twice because I didn't think it was possible. But uh, we will start and we'll kind of just go back and forth on on what we think of them. So the first one, in, and I'll start with a local, is the Michigan man Quinn Hughes. 
He is a defenseman from the University of Michigan, and his prospect uh, bio goes as such. It's an elite defensive talent that has mastered the elements of speed and decision-making. He is calculated in his handling of the puck and well-versed in his ability to limit time and space for the opposition without the puck. It's almost taken for granted now that he is a highly skilled offensive player simply due to his individual ability to make and carry plays and outfox the opposition in their own end. I like the word outfox. It's a very good word. His creativity and vision is what sets him apart from other defenders, and he plays the exciting style of hockey that punishes opponents' mistakes with immediacy. It's his productivity through the neutral zone, not just limiting the time and space of the opposition, but limiting their options to move the puck up the ice every time he's on a shift. That makes him so potent. All in all, a complete defenseman that understands how to open up a game and take it over. That is by Curtis Joseph? Not can't be the Curtis Joseph. That'd be almost too ironic. Yeah, no, that's definitely not the Curtis Joseph. <laughs> I think that's just a writer for a week. Oh, no okay. kidding. Oh. ISS Hockey is quoted, their quote is, supremely gifted skater and puck handler who he has, has the ability to control a game from the back end. He is five foot ten, and he weighs 174 pounds, so he's a little short, and he has a decent frame on him and can bulk. Uh, he is a left-handed shot. You know how the Red Wings like to take righties now. So we'll start with, just to punish Tyler, we'll start with Ryan. What do you think of Quinn Hughes? Uh, first of all, go Bucks. Uh, oh, secondly. come on. <laughs> Boom! Tough crowd, uh, See, I hate this draft now, knowing that we did win the lottery, because there's so many ways that they could take this. Everything you described with Quinn Hughes, in a, in a way, is he is a lot nicer version of Joe Hicketts, outside the fact that he's a couple inches taller, obviously, and he's a more refined player at a younger age, but that's what I see him as, like, a the upgraded version of what we would want out of Hicketts. I think he could be the type that comes in and makes it a, an immediate impact, like some of these other guys we're going to talk about. Would I be mad about it? Absolutely not. Do I think it could be a stretch to get him? Possibly, but at the same time, why not? That's just kind of it's. I'm on the fence with all of these guys because they all provide something that Detroit doesn't currently have. They're all very, very close in talent, also. Yes, but what scares me a little bit is the size. However. Look at Ryan Ellis. Look at what – it's a small one, but Joe Hickens. right. Look at – that's what I was just going to say. It's Tory Krug. It's shifting away from you have to have the big-bodied guy back there, and he's showing in a very difficult Big Ten this year and helping get Michigan to the Frozen Four what he could do very much like Larkin did in his freshman season. So there's a lot of upside, I think, with what he could provide. Yeah, I think Quinn Hughes' main main thing is he can be a, a quarterback on the power play. He's yes. a very hard, very, very accurate shot. And if we're going to get rid of Mike Green, we need another power play quarterback. And he could come in, be better than, I mean, Green past his prime, slot him in for $4 million less than what Green's going to want this next season. Uh, but Tyler, I'll let you uh, gush your man love about Quinn Hughes. Yeah, so actually, and we're not, I'm not going to give away who I would take um, because I think that's what we're going to do after this. Um, but I, I've shifted a little bit. Quinn Hughes, I do like. I've seen him a decent amount on TV, and then I was fortunate enough to see him play um, in Worcester um, in the Northeast Regionals there. And he, he's just, he's one of those players that makes a really good first pass. 
um, if there's a goal, usually he's part of it. You know, he's he's making a good pass. You know, uh, whether it be a good first pass or a good slap pass on the power play, or you know, a good one-time shot from the point. You know, usually he figures in on a lot of Michigan's goals this year. And contrary to the belief, he's actually better defensively than a lot of people might think. And like I said, I did see him at Worcester. I was up up close and personal and he played against Greenway and Brady Kachuk and he shut both of those guys down. Jordan Greenway played the National Hockey League with Minnesota uh, you know towards the end and then in the postseason and Brady Kachuk's going to get taken top four top five in this NHL draft here. So you know I mean Quinn Hughes is a good skater he's very good offensively he's very good he's very polished uh, offensively. He's okay defensively. He could obviously work on it, and he could obviously work on getting stronger, but I mean, if you're a Red Wing fan, and you saw him play up the road at the University of Michigan, or if you didn't see him play up the road at the University of Michigan, he's something that the Red Wings don't have, and uh, okay, maybe they do have Mike Green, but Mike Green's on the back nine, let's be honest here. Yeah. Quinn Hughes would be an absolute addition to this this back end that really needs a, an infusion of youth yeah so i think quinn hughes would have been like picking mike green when he was drafted you go you would yeah. get a in his prime well, he's dynamic green. that's for sure yeah you would get an in his prime mike green uh in 37 games he had five goals and 24 assists for the university of michigan at 29 points so he's a point getter uh that's a good stat line and and i think his upside over the other people we're going to talk about is he was playing against basically against stiffer competition in college than they do in the WHL or the QMJ. Plus he played in the world juniors as well. Yeah. And, and you know, mm-hmm. as, as we all know, that's, that's an elite pool of talent. So if you end yeah, up he's on the world cup roster right now, yeah, he's yeah, on the, the, the world the, roster right now. Yeah. The world championships, of course. Yep, right. Sorry. So, yeah. Yeah, so we'll move on to our next prospect that that basically is the consensus of of what we'll probably draft at number six, which is the uh, which is Evan Bouchard from the London Knights in the OHL. So Evan Bouchard says a highly intelligent all around defenseman that plays with poise and can shift the pace of play in a multitude of ways. He showcases smooth four-way skating ability and loves to get involved in all situations, especially when the situation happens to be an up-ice rush, so he's an active defenseman. Has a polished offensive skill set, which includes well-timed passes and sneaky erratic shots. Goes with the high percentage play and makes smart decisions. Could work on strength behind his shot. Defensively active, cutting off lanes, and always staying in excellent positioning. Reads cues well in all three zones and seems to stay a step ahead. All in all, a well-rounded defender with great hockey sense and work ethic. So ISS's quote is mobile puck-moving D with excellent offensive instincts and ability to read the game. So what that tells me about Evan Bouchard is he plays a more defensive game probably than Quinn Hughes, but Mm -hmm. he can work on his uh, shot power. I feel like if you could get Evan Bouchard to a shot power of Martin Burke, he'd be your Shea Weber, basically. Uh, He played for the London Knights in 67 games. He had 25 goals and 62 assists at 87 points. That is insane, but that is because the uh, OHL is a much lighter league than the NCAA. 
and he they stands play way at, more games as well. Yeah, he stands at six foot two, 192 pounds. So he's more of the NHL frame already. He puts on 10 pounds. He's a 200 pound defender. You're basically getting uh, if Jonathan Erickson was good at that point. So Tyler, I'll let you start with Bouchard. Yeah, Bouchard to me is the guy that, that you know I've been looking at, and I finally got t- time to look at, at some video, and and, uh, and then I also talked to a friend of mine that's a fan of the London Knights, and he goes, yeah, he goes, if the Red Wings have a chance to get Evan Bouchard as much as Quinn Hughes is polished offensively, Evan Bouchard is pretty good offensively, and then defensively he's probably NHL ready. And that tells me a lot because I don't know if this whoever this player ends up being is going to be at the National Hockey League level this year. But for sure, next year or the year after, that person, whoever it is, be it Quinn Hughes or, or Evan Bouchard or whoever we end up taking, uh, could be at the NHL level, whether it be next year or the year after. I don't see it happening this year. Um, yeah, no. Bu- Bouchard, to me, is is the more complete defenseman out of all of them, including Boquist as well, who I'm sure we will talk about at some point. Yeah, I mean, I like the frame. I mean, yeah, you can go with smaller defensemen if that's the best person available. However, I do think Quinn Hughes is going to end up getting taken fifth overall by Arizona. So I do think this could possibly be the guy the Red Wings end up targeting. And honestly, I think this is the, the, the more you know, like I said, well-rounded player. And, you know, it's just, it's a more typical NHL defenseman. Yeah. I agree with a lot of that, Ryan. How do you like uh, Bouchard? Yeah. I like kind of going off caveat of one of the things Tyler just said is a year out. And I think that's where a lot of these guys, whether are going to fall to us at six are going to be is about a year out, which honestly for the situation Detroit's in right now, that'd be perfect, especially for a guy like Bouchard gets him a year of either making the team out of camp or going right into the Griffins, getting his feet wet, getting that year in the system, kind of like Ronick did this past year, kind of like Hicketts has, and it could really push him to get in there. What really stands out to me is, and I'm going to, if we ever talk to Craig Custance, I'm going to hold him to this if we took Bouchard, is that he makes a big comparison to him and John Carlson, and that's the kind of player <laughs> that, he, that he reminds him of. So uh, I think this is a quote that he brought, brought along, but uh, oh, it, was, it was Dale Hunter, I'm sorry. So Custance was cutting, uh, quoting him there. But uh, if that's the type of comparison this guy is kind of getting already, can't say I'd be too, too upset about a, a guy with a shot and offensive instinct like that with the ability to rough it up in the back end as well. Is Carlson a number one defenseman, do you think? On his team, he's the number one defenseman. No, but I easily mean, like, in, number in, one. Terms, in terms of like being a number one defenseman in the NHL right now. Are you, like, are you think... saying if you could put him on any team in the NHL, would he be a number one defenseman? No, I'm not saying is he the best defenseman in the NHL. I'm no, saying, no. Would, you know, are, you're saying would he slot on the number one line on any team? Just about. Um, on almost, yeah. I'd say about yeah. 20, at least 25 teams. I mean, I so, can't think. So, so I can't think of many teams that have a number two that's better than Carlson. True. Yeah. That's a good. That's I'd say good of all the, the it, remaining actually. playoff teams, excluding obviously Washington. I mean, he's out there right now against the top, one of the, probably the best players still in the league, and that's Crosby. So that tells you all you got to know. Eighty percent of Michael teams. Michael Kempney, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Eighty percent of teams have have a legitimate number one defender. 
but their number two could be slotted in for for a lot of people. So I think if you put Carlson on any team, he may not he might slot in as one, but he I think he would definitely slot in as two because of his age. I mean, he's just entering his prime. He's younger. So I think oh yeah, he's top he's top pair anywhere he goes. Yeah, but Ryan Ryan makes a really good point, and that's one thing that for all of you listening have to understand is that no matter who we pick at six, they are most likely not playing until 1920, 2019, 2020, because we have such a log jam at defense and bad contracts, unless we can trade off this season, unless we can trade off DeKaiser, uh, Jensen, and send Ouellette down, that opens up three spaces, technically. You'd have someone sitting on the bench still. At that point, you're still picking up Heronic. You're moving Heronic into Detroit, definitely. You're also probably moving Joe Hicketts into Detroit, and you give the rookie at least a half a season in Grand Rapids to to work. Yeah, so, I was going to say Chalowski would would get that third spot. Now, this is uh, assuming that, that we they don't were know. to make those three. The, 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 hear me out. This is just assuming they were able to make those three moves to free up three spots. Chalowski would get that third spot just because he was a first-round pick and we want to see what he's made of. Yeah, I get it. If we drafted Hughes, what we would do is we would probably let him play another year at Michigan. Uh If we drafted Bouchard, we'd probably move him uh, out of the OHL into the Griffins because he has nothing left to prove in the OHL. He's only 18. He's only 18. He'd have to stay there or come to the NHL. Then I think they'd give him his best shot at making the team. He literally has nothing to prove in the OHL anymore. Yep. Biggest thing, the difference would be for Quinn Hughes to play that extra year would gain weight. Yeah. Unless he puts, unless he has a hell of a summer, if he's already started the program to gain weight to try to beef up a little bit, he's going to need a year. Yeah. To me. Or if he wants to go play for the Griffins, he can do that, I think. Yeah. But I I think they'd leave him at Michigan. I think they'd leave yeah. him at Michigan because he'd anchor. He'd be their number one defenseman, and he'd most likely be their captain. So and he also wouldn't burn too. a year of his ELC. He'd probably yeah. be playing with his brother too. Yeah. So I think that's the point that everyone needs to remember: is you're probably not seeing this person next season. You, you'll see him the season after, uh, which gives us a, a, another way to drop further in the standings and pick up another high pick next year. Uh. So. So the next person we're going to talk about is is the number two ranked European skater in the draft, which is Adam Boquist. His uh, profile reads a dynamic offensive defenseman that can carry plays with the puck on his stick, a highly mobile and nimble skater that moves with fluidity, balance, and confidence, utilizes an active stick, and creates turnovers frequently. Could be more proactive in his own end, but has shown progression in understanding lanes and reading unfolding plays. Most of his best defensive work comes through the neutral zone, and there is a lot less time and space to work with. And it is in those moments that Boquist shines. Offensively, Boquist is electric, and he has the toolbox of a top-line forward. Slick puck-handling ability paired with excellent vision and potential awareness makes him a dangerous threat every time he's on the ice. He also takes advantage of the attention and bodies he draws toward himself in creating space for teammates. All in all, Adam Boquist is a complete offensive defenseman that knows how to get the puck from point A to the back of the net and can make it happen all by himself. So ISS Hockey says, gifted offensively, excellent skater, can change gears without hesitation, and loves carrying the puck. So I 
don't think that Boquist will be there at six. I think he goes before that. I think out of he's five foot eleven, hundred and seventy pounds, so he is an inch taller than Hughes, but five pounds lighter. He plays right now, though, against men. He's playing in the Swedish league. He's really good to be called the number two skater coming out of Europe. I don't think he makes it to six. I think he goes four or five. This draft can get the way this draft is set up, can get really wacky real quick. But yep. Boquist has been compared to Eric Carlson. Uh-huh. So I, I can see it happening. I can I can see him falling, but I could see him something happening and him going in top three. So, Ryan, what do you think of Adam Boquist? Uh, it's not necessarily who, him I'm going to mention, but the biggest thing I'm taking away from all these guys and what's what I like about hearing him is the Carlson comparison. I guess I'll backtrack on what I just said, but moving the puck, creating offense controlling the play from the defensive end into the offensive zone, getting into the offensive zone and making things happen. That is huge. They need that. And if they, for Boquist to me, he's got that skill set very similar to Quinn Hughes and very similar to everyone we're talking about right now. He's on the small side. He's going to get bigger. It just depends on how quickly he comes in and makes that impact. And that's how it's going to be for all these guys. But yeah, he's another one to me that I just be like, all right, let's go. Let's have fun. Yeah. My thing with him is, is he would definitely take a year in the AHL just to get him used to smaller ice. Cause right now he's playing on international size ice and that's almost double the size of a, of a U.S. rink. So he's got a lot of room now. He's going to have to learn how to work with a lot less space. Timing, yeah. Yeah, Tyler, what do you think of, of Boquist? I like Boquist. I, I, I mean, the the theme that I'm taking out of this, and like, like Ryan said, all these guys can skate. And if you watch the Stanley Cup playoffs this year, especially Vegas with like kind of a note, and I'm not, there's no disrespect, but I guess the most known one would be Shea Theodore, who played for the Ducks. And I mean, that guy flies, right? And just about everyone outside of Derek Engelin flies on that blue line. Yep. And I, I think that's where hockey's headed. Even San Jose, just about everybody on that blue line flies besides um, um, Paul Martin. So, yeah. Well, it's because Paul Martin's 100 years old. <laughs> the, the, that too. But, I mean, that's, that's kind of where the game's going. So all three of these guys, uh, and if you want to include Noah Dobson as well, uh, I mean, all of these guys are, are really polished offensively and and are going to give you something offensively where you're pretty much getting next to nothing out there um, from the blue line that they have right now. Mm-hmm. All right, so on to Boquist here. So Boquist, to me, he'd probably stay in Sweden just like uh, Toronto did with Lilligren uh, for a year, and then he came over to the AHL. So, I mean, that, that kind of makes sense. If you want to get him to the bigger ice. Yeah, his uh, season... His season so far this year, he's played in three different leagues. Uh, he's played in the Super Elite. He's played in the SHL, and he's played in the Allsvenskan uh, on loan. He's played 40 games, 14 goals, uh, 13 assists for uh, 26 point, 27 points, 27 points in, in 40 games. I mean, that's, that's pretty good. I mean, I, I've seen some highlights as well of Boquist. I, I like him. I mean, his offensive ability is might be 
you know, on par with Quinn Hughes, and he might be a little bit better defensively. And the only other thing, it like, you know, say both of them are still available, I would probably take Boquist over Quinn Hughes just because of the right-handed shot. And and the competition he's played with. Plus, plus the fact the competition he played with, and then and then you add in, you know, he's an inch taller than Quinn Hughes, and that's yep. no disrespect to small guys, but I'm just saying, um, I think you, you take a little bit of a bigger guy over over. Hockey's a, a game guy. of inches. Is, was he just in the same league as uh, what Matthews is playing in? No, um, Matthews was in the. No, Matthews was in the um, Swiss. He was playing in the Swiss. Swiss I'm sorry, Swiss. Okay, that's yeah. right. So. Yeah, so I mean his he's played in all under 18 and under 20 tournaments too and he's almost a point per game in those. Boquist can get it done. Him being the second overall uh, European skater makes me think that he won't be there at at where we got, but you know that that the Red Wings love their Swedes. Mm-hmm. So there's only two things that the Red Wings have drafted lately and that's Swedes and people that play in Michigan and there's no in between. Oh god, so. it's going to happen now. The last person we're going to talk about, and this is the wild card, then we've got, I mean, just enough time to do it. So I saw a report today, and I can't tell you for the life of me where it was from, but they have Brady Kachuk falling to number six. And and I almost fought myself because I know Detroit needs defense. I know they do. But if you can draft Brady Kachuk at number six... And then there's only one quote about Brady Kachuk. It says big body and isn't afraid to use it. Plays all 200 feet of the rink and loves those dirty areas. It's a very sexual quote, but Brady Kachuk, I think if you can take him at six, I think you take him at six and you wait until your Vegas pick to take someone like McIsaac. Or you take your Vegas pick and your early second round Ottawa pick, which is basically a late first, and you try to trade back up into the seven spot or the eight spot or the five spot, wherever. Brady Kachuk in 40 games at Boston University has 31 points. And he is, I mean, I can compare him to Brad Marchand. Brad Marchand now. Uh-huh. Um, he is an asshole. He will fight you. Yep. He will score goals and he makes everything look pretty. So I think if, if Brady Kachuk, who right now is slated to go anywhere, is slated to go three or four, if he falls to six and say Bouchard and Hughes are gone, if Bouchard, Hughes, and Boquist are gone and Kachuk falls to six, you take Kachuk. Mm. And I'll just let you guys talk about it for a minute. <sighs> okay. Do you want me to go? Go ahead, Tyler. Yeah, you can go. Okay, I've seen him play a bunch this year. I, I, you know, you guys all know I live in Boston, and my team of choice here is Boston University. So, and he did play for the Terriers. And like I said, I got to see him play in the World Juniors as well. He's very well-rounded. He plays good defensively. He's awesome offensively. He got to play with um, – with Jordan Greenway on his, as his center, he played a little bit of wing. He took some face-offs as well. Um, Brady Kachuk might be the guy. If the Red Wings draft him, he probably ends up coming right to the National Hockey League and playing next year as a winger. Um, and I don't think that's far-fetched at all. He's got the body of a National Hockey Leaguer. He's an asshole, worse than Brad Marchand. 
worse than Brad Marchand, if you can believe it. He might not be dirty. However, after the whistle, oh, scrums. He's putting gloves in people's faces, and he's just he's a shit disturber, and that's the best way to put him. But he's the type of player that can turn a culture around from I'm not going to take this losing shit anymore to, you know, flipping it around and saying, you know what, we're going to be a good hockey team and I'm going to be the, the leader of it. And I think that's the type of player that um, Brady Kachuk is. So I think what you do is if you can draft Brady Kachuk, you draft Brady Kachuk, you trade Athanasiu and he slots right into your lineup. I like it. Ryan, what do you that. think of Kachuk? I mean, it's going off of the he's an asshole and he's going to throw his body at you. The dude's six three, two almost two hundred pounds. Detroit doesn't have and many he's guys physical. Like that. He's not. He's not afraid. He's well, no, not that's... like some of these. He's not like Mantha, where Mantha kind of shies away from those hits. No, 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 no. He's going in the corner. He's gonna hit people. He's gonna hit to make it hurt. He's that type of player that you that players really, really like, and that kind of it's infectious almost. It's like a Malkin. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, the American Malkin, basically, is the way I, from watching him play. Especially. I kind of, I kind of see him more as like a Lucic slash Marchand with like really good hands. Any of those guys, you can really make the comparison to. But the biggest thing is if you have these teams that are needing defensemen in Arizona and Ottawa because you don't know who's Ottawa could possibly lose. You got Ekman Larson on the cusp of not sure what's going on in Arizona. Both those teams are going to need stud defensemen to rely on in the next couple of years. And if, they drafted forwards. Like, you've got Keller yep. in Arizona. They need to take a defenseman. So the possibility yep. of Kachuk being available, I I don't think it's like what I've said the last couple of times we've talked about the draft and what Detroit should do. I've been all about if we won the lottery, Dolan. But after that, I've been heavy on best available, and that is a no-brainer best available type pick that you would have to make because Detroit needs a physical, aggressive forward that can fucking score. Yep. And they don't have it yet. Nope. So I'd say absolutely. If he's out there and it's available, you do it. Yeah. The only, the lowest he's ranked on the ranking, actual ranking boards, he's ranked fifth by hockeyprospects.com. He's ranked fifth by McKean's hockey. Mm -hmm. Uh, So everywhere else he's two, four, two, four or three. But I could, I mean, I can see him falling to six. And if he does, you you have to take him. You've mm-hmm. got to do it. And you've got to use, try to trade your, your Ottawa second and a Vegas up and see if someone will trade you up. No, oh, yeah, absolutely. There's too many. Detroit has so many options to, to make a secondary impact uh, to move up in that first round. If they don't do it, then it's, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's it for us today. Tyler, I'm going to let you take us out if we got I, any final thoughts. I, I just wanted to ask you guys a question just so yeah. just so we're all on the same page here and so everyone knows um, what we're thinking here. So, Greg, just go quickly. Who would you take? Uh, if he's available, I would take Bouchard. I think Bouchard um, – actually, no. If he's available, and I don't think he will be, I'd take Boquist because Boquist is the probably the most ready right now. Uh, who's so going to be? Least- I take Bouchard. So the least guy you would take is Quinn Hughes. Probably, uh, yeah, probably. Okay, but they're all for me. They're all about the Bouchard, Hughes, and Boquist are within inches of each other. I take, I take, yeah, yep. If he's available, I take Bouchard. Second would be Bo, or second. No, if I, if he's available, I take Boquist. 
Second would be Bouchard just because he's bigger. Fair enough. Ryan, go ahead. I would go my first would be Bouchard because of his size and his shot. And then I would go Hughes. Same t- thing, just a smaller package, and then Boquist. But really, I, and for me, though, Hughes and Boquist are interchangeable. I think we are, we're all in agreement. If they get one of Boquist, Hughes, you know, Kachuk, or they end up with um, what, what was what was the last one? Bouchard. Bouchard, yeah. We'll all be happy. The, here's where yep. we're going to be extremely pissed. If Ken Holland, if, they reach. if Ken Holland tries to put his smarty pants on and reach, that's where. Oh God. Uh, or he trades down. Or he trades if down. They, no, I don't think he pulls the Cleveland down, Browns. But if they announce not one of those names, if I'm I'm gonna take the day off of work and I'm watching the draft. If they do not announce one of Boquist, Bouchard, or Hughes, or Kachuk, if he's available, I'm turning off the TV. I can't watch the rest of it at that point. What about all of them? Wallstrom's not going to be there. Wallstrom's. No, I, I wouldn't. The only forward I'm taking if he falls is Kachuk. Okay. What about Phil Zadina if he fell somehow? Zadina's oh. not falling. Zadina's going two yeah. or three. Then, But yes, he would, yes. Okay. All right. So fi- finally, my picks. If he's available, I take Bouchard first. Second, I would take um, Bouch- I would take Boquist, and then third, I would take Quinn Hughes, and then you know if somehow Kachuk's available, you got to take him. Um, but like I said, I'll be happy with any of those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, Ryan, Greg, you guys got anything left? No, you no. can follow me on Twitter at Bringing the Wing as normal. Ryan. Yeah. If anyone actually cares about horrible opinions, my Twitter is at rdryan33. Yeah, but at least you engage people and you you, you engage in conversation. People. Yeah, like I that. talk to people. If you want to tweet at me, I'll talk to you. I'll probably yell at you for your dumb opinions, but I'll talk to you. <laughs> yeah, I, agree. I try to I'll do voice the same reason, thing. but it doesn't usually work. I'll do the same thing. You can follow me on Twitter at SealDog91. You can follow the Winged Octopus on Twitter at Winged Octopus. You can follow us on Instagram, same thing. And you can like us on Facebook. You can also find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, Spotify. And what's the last one? Uh, Stitcher. Yeah. So um, for that, I'm Tyler. Um, Stay classy, Hockey Town, and enjoy the rest of the Stanley Cup playoffs. That's a wrap on this episode of Winged Octopus. Make sure to give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat, as well as like us on Facebook. You can also find our podcasts on iTunes, Google Play, and Podbean. We thank you for tuning in and hope everyone had a great night. Stay classy, Hockey Town. Just a small town girl.